Buenos dias, Gardeners Bay. This is Rorschach, an experiment in international community building. Every week, we'll spend about 10 minutes filling you in on major news, issues, and events in the designated country, in your case, Venezuela. So, here is your weekly Venezuela update from Thursday, July 29th. The Olympic Games started on the 23rd of July, and at the inauguration parade, Venezuelan boxer Edric Seya marched with the refugee section, making him the only Latin American there. After escaping to Trinidad and Tobago three years ago, Seya continued training and qualified for the Olympic Games. When he arrived in Japan, the government of Trinidad and Tobago said that they wouldn't allow him to return to the country. And after losing his first match, the UN's refugee agency, known as UNHCR, is helping Seya find a new country to host him as a refugee. Also in the Olympic Games, Venezuelan martial artist Enriqueles Barrios defeated her opponents in judo and is the first of the 43 Venezuelan that has advanced to the finals and will fight for a medal. UNESCO has been working hard on the situation of Venezuela, and the results are starting to sprout. On Sunday, the 25th of July, after months of campaigns and requests by environmentalist defenders of and NGOs, UNESCO published a resolution requesting that Nicolas Maduro immediately allow an evaluation commission to enter the Orinoco mining arc. This commission is responsible for evaluating the damage that illegal mining has done in Canaimo, Venezuela's southwest region, that is recognized as a natural heritage of humanity, a title granted by UNESCO to protect and preserve the place for its natural importance. And the pressure of NGOs has also attracted the attention of international organizations, but has also made people like Juan Guaido, president in charge of Venezuela, render accounts. In this case, on the 20th of July, Juan Guaido presented a detailed report on the distribution of humanitarian aid in Venezuela, affirming that almost two million people have received medicine and food donated by foreign organizations in the first five months of 2021. On the other hand, the regime of Nicolas Maduro enlivens international conflicts. This time, the regime has rejected the sanctions imposed by the government of the United Kingdom against Alex Saab, a Colombian businessman who has been accused of corruption, money laundering, and being a Maduro figurehead. The Venezuelan government defends Saab as a politician of his cabinet and alludes to political persecution. In addition to defending Alex Saab, Nicolas Maduro also accused the government of the United Kingdom of sequestering Venezuela's gold reserves, which are currently being sheltered until the legal situation between Nicolas Maduro and Juan Guaido is resolved. And in the international economic relations of Venezuela, OPEC agreed with its member countries to increase oil production over the next five months to reach production of an additional 2 million barrels a day by December. Tarek al-Aisami, Maduro's minister of oil, celebrated the news even though Venezuela does not produce more than 300,000 barrels per day 
due to the lack of maintenance of its oil industry. And continuing with oil news, three large PDVSA creditors aim to collect their debts from funds that the petroleum company has in Portugal, Puerto Rican Bank, Banco San Juan Internacional, BSJI, U.S. glass maker O.I. Glass Incorporated, and Houston-based oil company ConocoPhillips, C-O-P-N, are suing PDVSA to get part of the $600 million found in Novo Bank in Portugal, in this way to pay the debts that PDVSA has had since 2018. On the 19th of July, the resolution of the Superintendency of Institutions of the Banking, Sudeban, section was published. Through the resolution, the operating license of Bank of Export and Trade was revoked. The bank was founded by deceased presidents Hugo Chavez and Fidel Castro in December 2004 to finance bilateral trade. Sudeban was granted 30 days beginning from the date of the resolution's publication, to liquidate the bank's operation, since, from March of this year, the institution did not have a current credit portfolio. On the 20th of July, the Spanish newspaper El País revealed an investigation into Udo Mario Carrullo, who was a PDVSA manager during the government of Chavez. Carrullo received more than $30 million in bribes from the Bank of Andorra. This news reveals another instance of corruption within the Chavez government involving PDVSA managers, many of whom continue to work in the government of Nicolás Maduro. On the 21st of July, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, USCIS, announced that eligible Venezuelans requesting temporary protection status, TPS, will now be able to submit their I-821 form online. They may also request an employment authorization document by submitting an I-765 form or application for employment authorization with their I-821 form. These same online requests may also be presented by its citizens of Burma, Somalia, Syria, and Yemen. On Sunday, the 25th of July, a Bitcoin mining farm permitted by the Superintendency of Cryptoactive and Related Activities, Sunacred, was disconnected from the public electrical system in the Carabobo state near Caracas. The location dedicated to digital mining was visited by officials of the National Electric Corporation, Corpo Elec, who, without apparent reason, withdrew the high-voltage fuses from it, leaving the farm inoperative. The officials presented themselves without a search warrant and without the presence of the staff of the mining activity in the country. Venezuelan activist Vanessa Rosales was released on the 21st of July after accusations of abortion induced by third parties bundle an association for the deletion. Rosales was accused of these crimes after helping a 13-year-old girl to abort after she became pregnant after being violated. This situation raised a stir in the country because it put into perspective 
the current laws on abortion. After several judgments, Vanessa was released and two of the charges were removed. Still, she must fulfill three months of community service as a punishment for the crime of abortion induced by third parties. Three months after the murder of 16 Venezuelan soldiers at the hands of the FARC in Apure, relatives have expressed frustration because even though the soldiers gave their lives, their families were given only $200 in compensation for the damage. This is in spite of the promise from the Ministry of Dispatch to the Presidency to help the victims' families with affording housing, education, food, and medicine. And this week we'll end with some good news coming from the children. In Argentina, six-year-old Marcelo Michino stars as the protagonist of the Netflix film Distance of Rescue, which was directed by Peruvian Claudio Llosa and was filmed in Chile. Marcelo migrated with his family three years ago from Monagas in an eastern state of Venezuela and arrived in Argentina when he was only three years old. Now six, Marcelo is already a promising performer in the film that will be featured on Netflix at the end of the year and will premiere in September at the San Sebastian Film International Festival. Last but not least, Jackson Barreto is a Venezuelan child who, years ago, sang in the streets of Barquisimeto, a western central state of Venezuela, in exchange for food or money to help his family. After migrating with his relatives, Jackson competed in the Colombian edition of the franchise program La Voz Kids. On Wednesday, the 22nd of July, Jackson surprised all the judges with his incredible performance and was selected to advance. After listening to Jackson's migration story, moved to tears, Andres Cepeda, a famous Colombian singer, said that the young talent is now in a place where he could reach his dream. That's it for this week. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Let us know your thoughts and ideas. Please leave a review. Or you can also send us an email with your recommendations or questions to podcast at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima.